What's up, fellow keys and queens? How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's staying safe. Welcome to Bad Habits Kingdom. If you're here watching the video, thank you so much for being here. If you are subscribed to the channel, thank you so much for your support. If you're not subscribed, do me a favor. Just hit subscribe. It's free. You can also check us out on Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, everything. Apple. <laughs> you name it, we got it. Thank you guys for all your support. And just so you know, if you subscribe to the channel, let us know if you would like a free t-shirt. It's free. We are giving them away. We got a bunch more coming in. So if you would like a free t-shirt, let us know. You can check us out on Bad Habits Kingdom, Spotify, TikTok, YouTube, Apple, you name it, we got it. So today's episode, it's going to be a little darker, okay? Now, a lot of you might have been changed your mind about me. Um, I'm going to get a little personal on things that I've done in my history, um, my recovery, my addiction, the pill-popping days, <laughs> as, as I say. Um, so check this out. I am going to tell you when I first started illegal narcotics, um, illegal narcotics back then. Um, the first time I ever smoked marijuana, first time I did cocaine, all of it until I got into my addiction and what got me out of my addiction into my recovery. Okay. So I don't have a lot, a lot of time. This is going to be about 30, 30 minute episode. So bear with me. And if I do repeat myself, forgive me. My brain is just fucked up sometimes <laughs> all right so i was 12 years old when i first smoked marijuana i was on my way to school and my buddy had um what we called uh pot back then um sorry my daughter's in the other room screaming so she's getting dressed and stuff so basically we were on our way to school and we started smoking it. What we used was a soda can. We just poked a bunch of holes in it on the top of it and like two or three on the side of it. And we just put it on top of the soda can and used a lighter and smoked it. Now, the first couple times I smoked marijuana, it didn't do anything to me. I, di I didn't feel anything like all my friends were laughing and, you know, doing dumb shit. Me, I was like, I think I'm immune to it. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought I was immune to marijuana. I didn't think it was going to work on me. I was like, they're all laughing and dying and shit. I'm not doing nothing. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This shit ain't what? I don't get the point. Friday is my favorite movie. One of my favorites. <laughs> Are you saying I got a hot high tolerance or something? I don't get it. So it took a couple times and then now. The first time I felt that motherfucker. So I was in the backyard of my house. It was like eight o'clock at night. And, you know, I, I had a little bit of weed. But we back then we had like Nick sacks, which is only like five dollar sacks, dime sacks, ten dollar sacks. I mean, it was in a small ass baggie, basically like for a bowl. So I'm in the backyard, you know, got my soda can, got my own soda can. So I think I'm like really cool because I made my own now. Right. Remind you, I'm only 12 years old. Boom. Light it up, smoke it. And I started coughing like crazy. And I mean, coughing hard. Like literally, I got 
so fucked up. Like I was so out of it. Like I like every I, I got really dizzy. My pull my heart, I swear to God. I thought my heart was gonna come out of my chest. I was like <sighs> like I was so fucked up. I went straight to my bedroom, laid on my bed. Um like my family kept coming in my bedroom, like saying like asking questions and stuff, and I was just like answering like, Yeah. Oh, I'm just tired. Yeah. No. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> That's what was going through my mind. It was so bad. I, I I never felt like that in my entire life. And I didn't like it. I was like, why do people want to feel this way? I do not like this. This is horrible. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm a vomit. Like, this is so weird. I'm like dizzy, high heart rate. I'm, I think I'm going to have a heart attack at 12 years old. It was, it was just weird, you know? But then it took a couple times after that to finally like, ooh, okay. I just smoked a little too much, took a hard hit. Okay. I'm liking this a little bit. That's when I started smoking marijuana. Now, when I got into my middle teens, now remind you, during this time, I didn't smoke a whole lot. You know, it was like a couple times a month. You know, if we had it, we did it. It was nothing major. Then, when I got into my middle teens, I started hanging out with kids that I used to know from, you know, uh, elementary school. And I, I, let me back up. So when I was smoking from like 13 to 14, 15, I was getting into a lot of bad things. I was stealing cars. I was smoking weed. I was trying to sell weed. And all my friends were Crips. I was trying to be part of the Crip thing, you know. So we started a crew that was connected with the Crips, which was called OTC, only the chosen. So basically, our crew that my best friend's brother, older brother, started. Um, you you really like had to be picked. You couldn't just like join the crew. It wasn't like that. Um, we were connected with the Crips, and the only problem with that was I had friends that were Bloods. I had friends that were Essays. I had friends uh, Gerson Park. I had friends all over the city. You know, I'm born and raised here, so it's like I got friends everywhere, you know. So, but I actually was not a crit. You know, I just, we're good friends with them. You know, we grew up together. So, during that time, I broke the law a lot. Like I said, I was stealing cars. We At first, when I started stealing cars, I don't even know why we were doing it. I think we were doing it just to go driving. You know, we weren't, you know taking the stereos or anything like that at, at first then um we met somebody who actually buys stolen cars well he he does something like with the insurance i don't know he but he would buy stolen cars he would give us like 200 to 500 cars depends on the year the condition all that stuff now you we usually only got like two to three hundred bucks we never got like five hundred dollars and so we were, we went from stealing a car every, you know, once or twice a month to like every weekend and then every couple of days. Now, after a while, you know, it just got too hot 
in our area because we would only steal uh steal the cars around our area you know not in our neighborhood but like a radius uh like a five miles so <laughs> still in honda accords every fucking time because uh, that's all we were able to steal honda accords two flats that's it and they had to have been from 1997 to 2000 those only kind of cars we can get so then people started getting busted you know um the one person I knew that was going to get busted. Now, there was this one kid. He was always trying to hang out with us. He wanted to hang out with the Crips and all that stuff. I mean, he kicked it a couple times, but he wasn't, like, connected. He wasn't part of the crew, part of the Crips, nothing like that. So, I I had a car that was hot. Now, I had it for, like, two days. Now, the rules was, if you ha- you if you have it more than a day, get rid of it. If you don't have any gas don't put gas in it i mean that's stupid why would you put gas in a stolen car so how we did it was my best friend would get his mom's car and we'd go steal the car i would steal the car we had me and one other person would go steal the car and we had a lookout over here and one other lookout and then my best friend's mom would drive in his mom's car right behind us. Now, believe it or not, we thought that was, like, totally safe. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, we didn't think, well, if the cops need to be on the lookout for a red Honda Accord, there's a red Honda Accord. He's going to come over and check the place. It didn't happen like that. And we, we, we just thought, hey, if you stay behind us, we're good. <laughs> believe it or not, that's what we thought for the longest time. So we were, you know, driving around, you know, going to do our shit. Well, I had this car one time, and I've had it for two days. Couldn't get rid of it. The guy didn't want it. It was too fucked up or something. I can't remember. Um, when he checked the engine out, he was like, I don't want this. I don't want this one. So we're like, all right. So we drove it back, you know. Um, I think we were actually going to put it back where we got it at one point. So... There was this uh, elementary school by my house. So I parked right there, and I'm like, I'm going to leave it in the parking lot. I'm gone. Well, when I pull up, I see this young dude, the one that always wanted to hang out and shit. He comes walking up. Hey, Kyle, what's up, KB? KY? They either Back then, they always called me KB or KY. That was it. And sometimes drama, because I would always get involved in drama. Long story. Um, so... I was, you know, pulling up at the car. He's like, is that your what? I'm like, no, no, no. You know, it's not it. And he saw the screwdrivers and shit. He was like, oh, shit. Let me drive that thing. I'm like, nah, man, it's two days old. Don't go near it. And he was like, all right, fuck it. You're right. So we split. And I actually see him going onto his street, like crossing the street and going down the street. Four or five days later, I see his sister. She comes running up. Hey, but Blank got caught. What are you talking about? He got caught with that fucking car. The car that you had. I'm like, how in the fuck do you ever know I had a car? You know, I was thinking in that in my head, but I didn't say that. I was like, I didn't have a car. What the fuck are you talking about? She was like, his dumb ass fucking 
Can you believe what this fucking kid did? I, to this day, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. He went back after we separated. I guess he came back to see if I was gone. He went, took the car, and went down to the Meadows Mall. For some reason, he was just driving around, playing stereo loud, bringing way too much attention. But the fucking idiot didn't know how to drive. So he ended up like crashing into three like parked cars in the Meadows Mall. People are all over the place. They're like, you know, stop, get the fuck out. They call the cops. He gets busted. Well, he fucking was like, I didn't steal the car. You know what? Kyle stole the car. You know, blah, 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 blah. Well, cops never came to my house or anything like that. But that's what he told his sister. Oh, you know, you know, you got my brother busted and all that. I was like, I ain't getting busted. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I mean, did you see me in the car? I didn't touch that car. You know, I... I don't know how the cops never came to my house about that or what, but they never did. <laughs> nothing. Never heard nothing about it. He was in juvie for like four or five months. Got out. You know, he didn't have any problem with me. I mean, that was his dumbass. He knew that. So, yeah, dumb mistake. So then another friend of ours gets caught. Now, this is when we almost get caught. So we were at this gym. Now, this was like two months no not even like a month later you know so the one kid that, that was always trying to kick it got caught one of our other homies got caught now we were at a gym you know working out there was like four of us we were like you know there's the car in the parking lot now at this time we're like low on money we're like you know and it was a really nice honda i mean it had rims the guy was playing a serious system we knew we can get like four or five hundred for it we're like let's get it <laughs> so we go outside um the problem is you know it's a parking lot you know it's people all over so we go boom get the window cracked open it dune one of our buddies is in the car doing his thing we're just standing outside on the sidewalk we hear him start it up. Then we all walk to the car. Now, we don't have, like, somebody following us or anything like that. Well, there was this guy that came out of the gym, and he was just, like, staring at us. You know? Like, he had his gym bag and everything. We were like, oh, fuck. You know? You know? But we're, like, playing it cool. We back it up. You know, we're going. And all of a sudden, he pulls out a badge. Pull over. Pull over right now. Oh, fuck. We're fucked. We are so fucked right now. Not even a joke. We are fucked. <laughs> so, you know, we get out. He has us all, like, sitting on the curb. And he was searching the car. Now, I, I'm not going to say his name, but one of our buddies um, that was, you know, actually stole the car, put a bandana over the ignition. He said, and he whispered to us, he said, right when he moves that bandana, we're gone. You know, we're all going to run, split up, get the fuck out of here. Because I don't think he called backup or anything. You know, it, he was just searching. He was checking out the car. All of a sudden, we see him move that bandana. Boom, I was gone. I was running full speed, like hard as I could. My yeah, adrenaline was pumping my, I mean, I was running fast as I can. I never ran so fast in my life, you know, and I literally run through the parking lot, cross the street on the rainbow, cross Charleston, go down to 
Lantana Apartments. Pull in right there. And then, because um, that was where, uh, like, our really hangout spot was. That's where my buddy was always at and stuff like that. So then we were like, you know, what, you know, what happened? You know, we're waiting for everyone to show up. Everyone showed up. Come to find out the cop chased the driver of the car. He was chasing him like ways, but our buddy dusted him. He smoked him. <laughs> he had no chance. <laughs> so that was it of our car jacking days. We were like, look, two people already got busted. We almost just got busted. We're done. You know, um, never broke into houses, nothing like that. I mean, I wasn't that stupid. You know, I, you know, when you're still in somebody's car, you know, I actually had my truck broken into one time and they stole my stereo system and they actually stole my neighbor's car. And I was like, I felt so violated. Like I was like, that was my shit. And I didn't realize what we were doing to people until that actually happened to me. I was like, wow, you know, we were so fucking dumb. You're like, why would we do that? You know what I mean? We were risking our freedom for just 200 bucks, 300 bucks. We were ruining people's, you know, I mean, there was car seats in some of the back of the car. I mean, you know, baby, you know, seats and stuff. And it was, it was just a fucked up situation that we were doing. But we were getting into a lot of fights. We were getting a lot of enemies. And I just didn't want a part of that. You know, Jara anymore. You know, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. So I started, you know, kind of hanging out closer to my house. And there was these dudes that I grew up with, you know, and they were more like skaters and, you know, stoners and stuff like that. They were like with the skating crew. And I was more with like the gangsters and stuff like that, the cliques. But I started hanging out with them. We saw, I saw them at the school and that they were smoking and stuff. And I haven't talked to them in like years. You know, I knew them since first grade. You know, we were friends when we were in elementary school together. But like junior high, they went to skateboarding. I went to, you know, trying to be a badass. So then, you know, we're just hanging out, smoking and shit. And out of nowhere, we all just became real tight, just best friends. But they were part of a crew, like a stoner crew, but they said the same thing, that they were getting in a lot of fights. The, a lot of their crew members were taking it like a gang, and they were like clay banging it instead of just being like a stoner crew and shit like that. They were trying to, you know, stop what they were doing and start something else up. You know, and me and a couple of my best friends, you know, we were like, you know, we're trying to do the same thing. You know, we're trying to, you know, leave that gangbanger shit behind. We're trying to stop that fighting bullshit. We're trying to get involved just some chilling. So we decided to start our own crew called the Hempsman Crew. Basically, it's just going to be a stoner crew only. You know, we're not going to be fucking banging it, starting shit. You know, we're just going to be friends, basically. You know, because back then when I was growing up, Everybody had like what they call a crew. If you were a group of friends, you were a clique or a crew. That's it. You know, until you got into like the high shit and then you became a gang, you know, but we were just like a lot of, you know, just a crew. We were best friends. I mean, no drama, nothing. But then we started getting into like, you know, selling weed, you know, trying to make money, just flipping it, you know, nothing major. But they introduced me to cocaine. You know, they would only do it once every few months, you know, um, but the first time I did cocaine, I loved it, I mean, I fell in love right away, that shit had me like, woo, like, when I do cocaine, I get like real emotional, I'm like, man, I, I fucking love you, man, 
you know, I fucking, I've, I think you're so amazing. You know, I, I like want to call people out of nowhere. Like, Hey, I just wanted to check how you doing. You know, we should hang out more stuff like that. I don't know why I get like that, but I do. <laughs> I just get real, whoo, you know? So I used to be so bad into cocaine that I used to do lines the size of my forearm in one go. No joke. I would do lines like nothing. And I did cocaine for a few years and I actually dropped weight and muscle, you know, because back when I was like 14, 15, I was pretty strong, you know, cause I was in sports. I mean, I was in a lot of fights, so I would like work out all the time and I was pretty strong. You know, I really was, um, but when I started doing cocaine, I lost a lot of weight. I went from like 174, 75, but it was, you know, of being in shape to about 145, 150. And you could definitely see it. Like my cheeks were things. I never did crystal meth, nothing like that. But it, I was doing so much coke that I wasn't eating or anything like that. Working out, nothing. Then, you know, I tried mushrooms one time. All I did was laugh for like eight hours straight. That was it. I mean, or six hours. I was just laughing like crazy. That's all I did. It was so weird. We drove all the way to Lake Mead, just laughing the whole way there, walked up to the water, was there for about 10 seconds, turned around, got in the car and left. It was so dumb. We were just fucking shrooming. And did ecstasy a couple times. Now, me personally, they always say, oh, People that are in clubs or about to hook up with people, you know, do XC. Me, personally, I never did that. I always did it with a couple friends of mine. Never had sex on it. Nothing like that. We were just, you know, rolling. Just, like, tripping, you know. I mean, it was just a weird feeling, you know. I was actually had a bad effect on the last time I did it. Like, um, there was someone that I never really liked. He showed up out of nowhere to the house. And I was just, I guess, mad-dogging the shit out of him. I, I don't really remember this and all, but I have been, I was told like, man, you were about to kill him. You know, you were just mad dogging him the whole time. You just wanted to fight him, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, why? You know, I mean, you know, I know I never liked the guy, but I mean, just to go out swinging on him, you know, it wasn't like I couldn't remember anything. Actually, didn't make me forget things. I just didn't understand why I wanted to attack him. So after I did that, I was like, yeah, I'm good. You know, it's, it's weird. I didn't like things where I didn't have control of, you know, that's why when I smoke, well, when I used to smoke weed, yeah, I used to, when I was part of the Sonic crew, I would smoke it all day and stuff, but while I was high, I was kind of like, just have to be at, like, just chilling, watching movies, that's it, I don't want to be outside or anything like that high, I don't like the feeling or anything like that, now cocaine, I was able to do that, I'd do cocaine and be outside, no problem, because um, I just talk, that's it, you know, but I turned 18. Now, when I turned 18, I was like, you know, we're going to go to jail. You know, you don't go to juvenile anymore and just have your mom or whatever come pick you up. You know, you go to jail. You know, you're 18. You're legal now. You're, you're known as an adult. You're not a juvenile anymore. I quit everything. Marijuana, coke, shrooms, everything. I didn't, I didn't want Anything to do with any kind of narcotics, anything that can get me in trouble. So, I was sober for about a good year and a half, you know, and um, I was working at a car dealership, you know, just as a, um, 
I forgot what they call it. I think it was just a porter, you know. It was, uh, you know, where you just wash the cars. You know, that's all you do. Wash the cars and dry it off and that's it. Um, I was doing that and my I had to get my wisdom teeth pulled. So I go to the dentist. They pull out the wisdom teeth. And the dentist gives me 20 lower tab 10 milligrams. And... All I could say was, you don't feel any pain whatsoever, and you also feel like you're fucking amazing. I understand why they're so addicting because of what it can do to you. I got hooked on these things pretty much right away. What it would do at first when I first started taking them, I would literally get butterflies while I was sleeping. Like I would wake up and I would just have like butterflies and I would just feel so amazing. Like that's all it would do. Now I always started out with like a couple a day, like four, two to four a day. Within two months I was up to about fifteen a day. After a long time later, uh, not a long time, a short time later, I was very much hooked on them taking fifty or sixty a day. Now this went on for a long time. Now, I was living with my son's mother at the time, and I got so badly hooked that I was constantly, like, pawning TVs. I sold our Wii video system, our Xbox, DVDs. Um, I actually sold my truck just to get pills. Like, I literally sold my truck because I had a truck and she had a car. And I sold my truck just to get pills. And my truck was worth about... 3500 bucks at least. You know, it was a nice Sonoma. I sold it for 1200 bucks Just so I can go get pills right then and there. I just wanted to get rid of it. Because that was the only way I could have gotten money. Payday wasn't around the corner yet, you know. And all of our money was going to it. Of course, we can't afford living in an apartment anymore. I was also stealing my ex's money. You know, I was telling her this. T- telling everybody, you know, just lies. Just to get money from them. You know, oh, I got, I got, I, t- I think I even was telling people that I had cancer, literally, just so I can guilt trip them into me, it, it guilt trip them into giving me money. Just, just bullshit lies nonstop. One of my friends I owe over $1,200 to, literally, like he gave me that one time just so I can get pills. I was taking 50 to 60 a day after about two years. Now, I lose everything. Now, I know I'm going fast on this. I know it should be a little bit slower and explain more details on things, but I don't have a lot of time to make the video, so that's why I'm trying to do it because I still have to edit it and everything. Now, you know, we had to move back in with family. She gets pregnant. My son's birth. I literally had to steal my mom's painkillers. My mom had, like, uh, she broke her foot. And she had, I know, hydrocodons, you know, lower tabs in her purse. I had to steal those just so I can be there for my son's birth, so I can be stable. Because if I didn't have my pills, I wasn't stable. I wasn't be able to function or anything like that. So I had to have my pills to fucking be able to be sober, pretty much. Then, hi, Luna. Hi, honey. Hold on, baby. I'm doing a video, okay? So we go... What was I? So, yeah, it was bad. Then, the day, you know, right after he was born, or, you know, the next day, my mom's not there. You know, she was just there for the birth. She went home. Um, So, I tell my ex, I, I got to go get my pills. 
Now, they were giving, she didn't want me to leave. So they were giving her some, they were giving her Percocets. So what she, what I had her do so I wouldn't leave was put the Percocets under her tongue and make it look like she took the Percocet and then give it to me. Just so I would be, just so I wouldn't leave the hospital. You know, so, you know, she just had a baby. She wanted me there. I was able to do that. I was that bad. My grandmother was 84 years old at the time. She had back surgery. Barely walk. What I did was I went to Walmart. I bought Tylenol that was in the shape of lower tabs because they all have different kinds. But it looked just like a lower tab. I would switch hers out. Literally. Because my grandma had a whole bunch. So I would switch them out. You know? Because she had severe back surgery. I didn't care at the time that she had surgery or that she was in severe pain or that she was literally dying in pain. I didn't care at the time. I just wanted the pills. I don't know what was going through my mind. I don't know why I would do anything like that. No, 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 baby. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Sorry about that, guys. Um... But that's the mindset I was in. It was very severe for a long time. Then, you know, of course, Susanna leaves. Um, she goes, she meets someone else of course, and flies out to Texas. We end up breaking up. My family, I already stole all from my family. My best friends all turned their backs on me and I already stole from everybody. Nobody wants anything to do with me at this point. And this went on for years. I still did not care. I went to rehab a couple times. Rehab, it does help people. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it didn't do anything for me. Babe, come on now. Babe, come on. Hold on. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, it just it just didn't work for me. The first time I went to rehab, I was in there for about eight days, and they keep you medicated the first like three to four days. Where you're detail, you're just like asleep. They keep you medicated the whole time, but you're asleep for like three or four days. Then they take you off something to where you can at least, you know, be awake. So it was just there for detox. You're not there to recover and everything like that. Me personally, if you're going to go to rehab, be there longer than detox and try to work out something with your insurance or with the company before you even go in. Because if you go in there for just eight days, you're not going to make it. I'm telling you, it, it, it's not going to work. Because you got to recover. You got to get your mind right. It's Detoxing is the easy part. Recovering and staying recovered is the hard part. And people don't realize that. They just think, oh, well, detox and I'll be good. It doesn't work that way. You got to get yourself together. What is it? Yeah, no, I don't work until two. Um, yeah, you know, it takes time for things. So the first time I relapsed, about two weeks after I got out. Now, remind you... I actually felt really great when I got out because that was the first time I felt like myself in a long time. You know, I was like, I don't have to rely on these pills anymore. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that. It was awesome. You know, it really was. And I, I couldn't believe how good I was doing. I really was. I was I was just loving it, you know. Then, of course, two weeks go by and I am relapsing now what i thought in my mind is hey i can take a couple right now because my tolerance went back down and i could take a couple right now and feel fucking amazing and still not be addicted so i did that 
boom, took like four, felt amazing. Then the next day I was like, I can do it again. I'm still not hooked. I can do it one more time. The next day I can do it again. Got hooked. I didn't think in my mind, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. But it gets worse when you relapse off something. I don't know what it is, but you get 10 times worse than what you were before. Four pills ain't going to, if four pills did it before, it's going to take 10 this time. Now, I'll remind you, I was doing 50 to 60 a day, but the problem is I didn't have a way to make money or nothing like that. So I was constantly like trying to run scams on people, trying to lie to people just to find a way to get money. I don't know how I did it, but I was still able to get my pills every single day. I went to rehab again, relapsed about two days later. Went to rehab one more time, you know, you know, this was months and months apart, of course. It wasn't like rehab, rehab, rehab. It was like I went to rehab, then six months later I went to rehab, and four months later I went to rehab. The last time I went to rehab, I relapsed the same day. The same day I got out, I went straight to my dealer's house. Literally the same day. I was in there for two weeks and Luna, no, no, no. She's going behind this, babe. Can you just hold her for a few more moments, please? Yeah, shut that door when you're laying down because the camera can see you. I'm almost done. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, So I am like, oh God, I forgot where I left off. So I relapsed the same day. I went straight to my dealer's house the same day. Then, you know, it's just it was just horrible for a long time. Remind you, I was addicted for eight years. Okay. Then. I realized, I don't know where, the last time I detox, I don't know what it was, you know. I don't know if it's because I lost my son, lost my ex, lost my friends, lost my family. I don't know. I don't know if it was because the first time, the first 10 times people were trying to force me to sober up. I don't know what it was. But the last time I detox, I was like, I'm just tired of it. I am tired of being addicted to this stuff. I'm getting older. I mean, my life is just being ruined. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my life back? You know, I'm fucking 27, 28 years old. You know, I'm 28 years old and I am sleeping on a family member's floor Smelling like shit, looking like shit. You know, I was pretty much homeless. I was trying to run scams every day to get money. I mean, just so I can get pills, cigarettes. I mean, it was horrible for a long time. I lost my jobs. Because when you're addicted to something, you can't keep a job. You can't do it. No matter what if you think you can or can't, it's going to catch up to you. You're not able to hold a job down. It's impossible. And then I just was like, I'm done. You know? Uh, I have, I'm ready is what I felt like. I'm, I'm finally ready to do it. I'm ready to sober up. I'm ready to get back. But this time I didn't have any insurance. I didn't have any money to go to rehab. I detoxed at home. Let me tell you, that was by far the worst experience I ever felt in my life. Now, usually people say detox lasts for three to four or five days. Most 
That shit to me lasted almost two fucking weeks. Literally, it was horrible. My legs weren't stopped moving, nose runny, cramps, eyes watery, shakes, pins and needle feeling all over your body. And literally, my legs would not stop moving. I was literally on the ground just like scratching the back of my head just curled up in a ball just like i don't know what i'm gonna do what i oh my god i can't do this i can't do this i gotta get my pills i gotta i i I can't do this right now but something else in my mind was just like you got this because i could have went and got my pills i already had a front worked out to uh, one of my connects but i just went and go do it i don't know what it was something was just holding me back i don't know if it was what it was but I was just done. I was done. And I did it. Boom. One morning I just woke up and I was just like. <sighs> and I just told myself I'm never doing that again. That was my wake up call. Not. I wish I could say losing my son was it. I wish I could say losing family members and friends. None of it was it. I was just physically, mentally done. I just wanted my life back. I just wanted to be me again. And I knew what I had to do to do that. A doctor told me, like, one time, you know, after I detox, you know, like, because how severe my addiction is, or, you know, or was, he said, suboxone film is something that you truly need for, like, the rest of your life. <laughs> that's pretty much what he told me. He's like, you know, you, you, you're in, it's so severe that you really need suboxone forever. <laughs> I just laughed like, damn, that's, that's crazy. I never thought of it that way. So the first year I was sober, I was just trying to keep my mind right. Started working out a little bit, you know, just walking, no cardio, no weights or anything. I did a lot of reading. A lot of reading. I was reading the Twilight books, the Fifty Shades books, uh, other random books. I did a lot of reading. You know, um, you know that was it. You know, just listen to music, constantly listening to music. I don't know what it was, constantly listening to music. The first year, I didn't try to go look for a job, nothing. You know, try to didn't try to date anyone or anything. Like the first year and a half. Now, after a while, of course, like I said, almost two years or. Yeah, almost two years. Um, I decided I got, you know, get back to work. <laughs> I can't have people, you know, buying cigarettes for me and buying my food and stuff. Me just sleeping here on this floor, you know. Yeah, I'm sober, but I, I can't have other people taking care of me. I got it. I'm, I'm ready to get back to work. So then I started applying at jobs. And I started really applying at places just as a custodian or maintenance because I always worked in the maintenance uh, in apartment complexes just as a custodian. Basically a custodian, but they call porters because you also like paint inside units and stuff like that. I did that for a little while as well. Um, So I finally got this. Now I had three interviews set up. And this is when I started thinking, like, I made the best move of my life. Because I had an interview set up. Now, I can't tell you the company where I work for or anything like that. But I can say it's in the plasma business. I'll say that. I was actually a donor at another center uh, that I currently work at. And I said, you know, how do you how do you get into something like this? You know, and uh, he said, do you have a high school diploma? I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's it. I was like, oh, cool. You know, that's 
that's simple. I got that, you know. Now, I was like, well, how do you apply, you know? And he was like, well, you just got to go online and stuff. Now, I went onto the company's website. And I also went on Indeed. Now, when I saw on Indeed, it looked like there was 400 applicants for that job. I was like, what the fuck? Is this right? 400 applicants for this position? Because it was an entry position as a custodian. Sorry, I'm taking my headset off. It was a position as a custodian. Sometimes my right ear sounds like a blown speaker. I don't know why it does that. It'll do that at work. It'll do that everywhere. It just sounds like a blown speaker out of nowhere. Um... It drives me nuts when it does that. So, you know, I go to my interview. Now, I had three interviews set up. One at the place that I'm currently working at. One at another company, uh, like in another place. And one in the back in the apartment complex. Now, I wish, but the one I'm currently working at was, I was shit scared nervous. I never been so nervous in my life. I mean, literally, it's been years since I had an interview. I didn't know what the fuck to do. I didn't know what to say and stuff like that. But the interview, like during the interview, um, the one that gave me the interview, she no longer works there anymore. She was an ACM and she noticed that my leg was just shaking the whole time. She probably thought I was fucking nuts, honestly. Because <laughs> uh, my leg was just like boom the whole time because I was so fucking nervous. Um, and then she showed me around the place and everything like that. She showed me what I'd be doing, where I'd be working and stuff like that. And it was pretty cool. You know, I was like, I'm into it. You know, this is cool and interesting. You know, it's it, it's weird that, you know, I'm, you know, I was a donor and now I would be one of them pretty much is how I looked at it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it went pretty good. Um, then she tells me, I keep, I'm, I keep saying, um, 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 so I do apologize about that. So she says, we'll call you when you get the job. Now I went to the other interview cause I was like, oh, I'm not going to get that job when you, you know, when they say, we'll let you know the chances are slim. That's how I, from my experience. So then I go to the interview at the apartment complex. Now the one at the apartment complex, was paying more money. And what was good about that job is I would have gotten, uh, I think it was 30, 35%, 30% or 60% off of rent. So I would have been able to, you know, afford to move in there. I would have been able to live on site, you know, which I have done before in other apartment, com when I worked for other apartment complexes, I used to go and live on site, you know, cause they would always give you a discount for rent. And it was a lot of fun. It was always cool. I always have my own place pretty much. And they were actually going to give me more money, like a couple dollars more money than the plasma one. So my mind was pretty much set for the apartment one. I had experience in it and stuff like that. And the interview went extremely well. I hit it off with the maintenance supervisor real well. You know, I, I knew all the answers because I've done it for so many years before, you know, way before the addiction and stuff. You know, all my uncles were in the apartment maintenance. Uh, my sister was in real estate. My brother-in-law was in real estate. We were all kind of in that genre, whatever you call it. God, my ear sounds like a broken eardrum. I hate that. So... Then I go to another interview. It has nothing to do with plasma, nothing to do with maintenance and stuff like that. And that guy pretty much was like, hired me on the spot. He's like, all right, so this is what you're going to be doing. This is what you're going to be getting paid. This when you could, so when can you, can you start now? You know, can you start this week? Uh, come to orientation, blah, 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 blah. I just didn't want that job. It was shitty money, shitty, all this. I mean, I would have got, I would have done it if I didn't get the other tube. Um, but it was just something I really didn't want. Now, the next day, I get the call from the plasma place saying that I got the job. Uh, 
Then they emailed me an offer. And it, I, I kind of already knew what the offer was going to be around because I looked online to see what they start out at at that position. So I already had a good idea. That's why the maintenance one was playing, paying more. And this was only a custodian. But I was just tired of working outside. I didn't want to punch toilets and stuff like that. Even though I would be doing that with the plasma place because I was going in as a custodian. It was just inside the building pretty much. I don't know what... I, 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 I'm not saying something just went over me for me to be destined for the plasma or what, but I decided to go that route. I ended up calling the maintenance supervisor, told him I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to turn him down because I got something else going because I was offered something else. I actually told him it was something better, which it does turn out to be better, of course, but at the time it wasn't better. So I get hired on as a custodian, and I fucking try to be the best custodian as I can be. I was real quiet when I got hired on. I was very, very quiet, and I was still kind of nervous because this was my first job in so many years, um, my first job since I started my recovery, everything like that, you know? I kind of hate that. Sorry, I got a text message. No, what's this? Oh, excuse me. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh... Okay, we're going to, sorry, God, I hate that when my ear does that. I don't know why it does that. Ugh. Oh. But yeah, so, but I ended up getting the first, first, first custodian, sorry, to get employee of the month for that company, which I was really, well, for that center. I was so excited about that. After six months as a custodian, my center manager comes up and says, so I'm promoting you to the donor floor. $2 raise and all this stuff, right? I was like, what? Fucking A, hell yeah. I am so fucking down. Like, I got so excited. I never really been promoted before because um, I know, God, I keep saying, um, I am so sorry. I'm not supposed to be saying that. That is like rule one, never to say stuff like that, but I keep doing it. So when I worked in maintenance beforehand, I was like in charge of, you know, like four other porters and stuff like that. But I ever never really got to be a, got get promoted to like that, you know, to like maintenance supervisor or anything like that. But DST wasn't like a, you know, supervisory position. It was just like a nice promotion. You know, it definitely is a big step, you know, from custodian. A lot of people, most people, they start off as a DST or reception area, but they don't go from custodian, blah, 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 blah. Like, that is a huge step to me. Then I learned to become a machine tech after a few months. Then I become a phlebotomist. Then I learned the front area. Now, the front area is where I really wanted to move up because I didn't want to become a phlebotomist. I didn't like sticking people. I, was, I wasn't good at it. It just wasn't for me, it felt like. So I learned the front area. Moved up that way. One of the group leads at the time, she took me under her wing. Um, shout out, no free shout out. Shout out to you, Miss T. Uh, but my managers uh, were really supportive of this. They were really like helping me move up, giving me advice, putting me in that area just to move up and stuff like that. Now, Miss Kara. Now, this is the tricky part. This is the part that I wish I could take over. God, I, hate, I don't know why it's doing that so bad. Sounds like a broken eardrum, bad. But what happened was, is I meet Kara. Kara was working at the company with me. 
And I asked her out for six months straight. And she turned me down the first six months. Literally, I would ask her out every month. And she kept turning me down. And it was kind of exciting. I don't know what it was. Because she would kind of like flirt with me a little bit. And then I would think, okay, maybe she'll go out with me this time. And then she'll turn me down again. And then we wouldn't like talk at all for a few weeks. And then she kind of flirt with me a little bit more. And then I would ask her out again. It was like that for six months until I finally convinced her to go out with me. What happened was the reason why she agreed to go out with me is because the last time I asked, me, I asked her out, she told me no. I was like, that was the last time I'm asking her. I'm done. You know, I'm not doing this. I actually was talking to a donor and she was attractive on the floor and we were talking and stuff like that. And Kara was like right across from me and she heard the conversation. She literally texted me that night and was like, I'm starting to like you, you know? And I was like, well, whatever I'm doing, I just need to keep doing it because I want you to really like me. She's like, laugh out loud. I really like you, blah, 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 right? The reason why I didn't date you before was because of this and that and this and that. Well, kind of find out. She told me the truth a year later. It was just because I wasn't giving her that attention anymore. I was moving on from her and she didn't want that. <laughs> I don't know. But her and I start dating and we start uh, getting pretty serious pretty quick. You know, um, we ended up moving. In. God, I keep saying, um, I'm so sorry. I got to figure out how to not to do that. We move in together. Now, we should have went to management and told them that we were dating. But the prob the plan was we didn't want to tell management until we knew that we were going to be staying together. We didn't know if we were going to break up because we didn't want to go to management and say we're dating and then break up and then... Neither of us get promoted anyway. The plan was if we stay together, one of us transfer out. Kara was willing to transfer out because she had a lot of issues at our center with other people and stuff like that. And she didn't want to get fired or anything. So we were like, okay, you can put in your transfer and all this and you can go ahead and transfer out. We were going to tell management eventually because she was pregnant. You know, I mean, they're going to know sooner or later that she's having my baby, you know, so we i'm not going to go into details because it really bothers me when i talk about it but management found out by how can i say this a benedict arnold way that's how i'll say it benedict arnold judith i'll say that too okay i was betrayed by somebody and they told management about us the reason why they told management and i don't care what anyone fucking says they were trying to get me fired this person was trying to get me fired they knew that I went to management the day before he told management. I went and told management that there's a rumor going on about Kara and I, and it's not true. This person comes to my house that night. I told him what I did. He goes in the next fucking day and tells management what I did. I don't care what anyone says. That's trying to get somebody fired. Okay? So now all that hard work all that building up, thinking I'm going to, you know, move up in the company. Uh, management doesn't have to worry about me. They know if I'm working, that they can rely on me and stuff like that. I just broke their entire trust. Literally, all of them. Known them for years, I broke their trust. But the strangest thing happened. 
Well, two strangest thing happened. Kara was originally supposed to transfer in February. Now, this happened in about early November. She was supposed to transfer in February. They transferred her about two weeks later. That that got boosted up pretty fucking quick. I mean, they were like, go, you're gone. <laughs> they transferred her so fucking fast. <laughs> That's funny when I think about it. They they were like, okay, yeah, um, no, 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 there's an opening now. You can go now. <laughs> they told her, oh, uh, it'll be around February. And then when they found out, that's oh, shoot, get yep. <laughs> I love it. Um, but the other strangest thing happened. They forgave me. I still got promoted. I still got the position that I was dying for. They promoted me to senior. They promoted me to group lead. Next step now is management. They could have easily fired me. They could use that against me every time. Like, you know what? You lied to us. You got to earn trust back. But they forgave me. And it makes me want to cry almost when I think about it. Because it's like, wow. Like, where I came from to what have I accomplished? I got a beautiful fiance, a beautiful baby girl. I got a a job that I truly love. I love the company I work for. I thank God every single day, literally, that I choose to do this job with this company. Now, it's not... When I first got hired as a custodian, I looked at it like it was a job to have just for 9 to 5, you know, just something to have to start out with. I didn't realize it was going to change my life to give me a good career. And that's where I'm going. I realize, yes, I lost loved ones, my son. I lost friends, family. But I did realize a lot of things that are broken can be fixed. You just got to find out how to fix it. We're all given a path in life. It's just up to us on what we do with that path. You know, uh, we don't know where this path is going to take us. We don't know... You know, we have goals, we have ambitions, but we don't know where it's going to go. At the end of the day, we don't know. You just got to be the best you can be. I wasted years of my life on drugs. Those fucking painkillers. I wasted years of my life. I can't get those lives back. Years back. I can't get my son back. I can't get my truck back. You know, but... Step at a time. Kara and I built our life together. We were living in a shitty monthly apartment room, studio room, paying 1200 a month because it was a monthly, weekly. And it was in a shitty area, shitty place. And we stuck with it together. We built it together. We supported each other. Now we live in a nice area. We have a car. I'm promoted. She's trying to get promoted. You just got to do it. Don't, if you don't get it, I've been turned down for promotion six times. If you don't get a promotion at work, don't point and blame. Just learn from it and keep going. Keep trying. It will happen for you. If you're trying to get off drugs, get off them. If you can't force people to get off drugs, you can't do it. If a person that's addicted to drugs or alcohol or any kind of have any kind of addiction, they have to want to do it themselves. They have to be ready. They have to be mentally ready on what's coming because it's, it's like I said, the detox part is easy. 
It's the recovery process. You need time to heal. You can't just detox and go back to work. You need to literally take steps and steps and steps. I never had a sponsor or anything like that. I just found ways that I wouldn't use and it worked. I love my life. Would I ever go back to painkillers? No. I wish to God they would ban those things because I know what it can do to people. I want to help people. That's what I really enjoyed is that, yes, rehab didn't work for me, but I really appreciate that I used to go once a month. The counselors, uh, the head counselor at a treatment center here in Vegas had me go once a month to talk to the teenagers, tell them my story, tell them how to do this and how to do that. I love helping people like that. You know, especially when it comes to drugs, I know what it can do. I know it, but there's a better way. Yes, you want to bury the pain. Yes, you want to hide things, but there's other ways to do it. Trust me. There's a better life. If you're addicted to anything, fix it. It could take everything from you. That's it. That's what I got, guys. I know I didn't go into meat detail, but that's it. I'm going on five years sober. I don't keep track of the exact date I got sober. I don't need to. I know a lot of people do, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. I just personally don't. That's it. I appreciate you guys for watching this video. If you watched it this long, I appreciate all you guys for your support of myself and Bad Habits Kingdom. If you're not subscribed to the channel, just hit subscribe. It's free. You get a free t-shirt as well. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. Do me a favor. Support Bad Habits Kingdom. This is my hobby, and I love it to death. <laughs> you guys take care, and stay tuned for the next episode next week. Have a good night.